You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Bobby Lind. And I'm Kimberly Whitecamp. In each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters, and today, Kimberly and I are going to talk about the tools of the trade on how we write more effectively. But first, Kimberly's got a question for me. Like always, we'll talk about it and then see how we can relate it back to marketing. All right, Bobby. So today, I've got a little bit of a blast from the past for you. Um, I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, You know, the random, really strange activities we had to do in high school, essentially. And I remember being in English class which was a class, ironically, that I did not like. (laughs) Uh, And we had to do this project where we took a really simple task and had to write a step-by-step guide for it for somebody. Oh, I remember this one. (laughs) Okay, good. It's not just Missouri High Schools that made us do this. (laughs) So um, what was your step-by-step, here's how you do X, Y, Z? Oh, oh my God. The memories, Miss Harbaugh. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, um, that was my teacher. Um, so yeah, we had to write a process on, yeah, it's write this process. And I being myself decided to do a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay. Because, you know, and when I, when I would kind of, you know, cause we had to give, we had to kind of get approval for our subject. And my teacher looked at me and she goes, um, you do realize this is, you know, we're looking for like 1500 words, right? Like it was two to three pages, double space, you know, and I'm like, oh, oh, you don't know that you can talk about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for that long. Because here's the deal. You have the peanut butter and do you have smooth or chunky? And then it matters. Are you using Jif peanut butter or, you know, other sorts of sites of peanut butter? And then there's the jelly. And, but jelly is not always the only thing that goes into a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, because in my family, we used fluff or you can use honey and not necessarily peanut butter and jelly, but it is still peanut butter and jelly. That's what we call it. (laughs) The knife that you use mattered. Did you use a plastic knife? Do you use a, um, a metal knife, right? What bread you used? Oh my God, this was awesome. And then, so you, if, if this all mattered and the steps that you did, like, do you put the, the peanut butter on the bread that's on the downside or do you put the peanut butter on the bread that goes on the top side? It matters. My English teacher did not know what to do with herself, but it really came into, you know, it, all of this, right? All this process, where do you do it? What time of day is the best time to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? And then I even got what into- time of day? Where, how do, you, how do you slice the bread? Do you cut off the crust? Do you put it in, you know, do you make the big triangles? Do you cut it in half? Do you make little squares or do you make a beautiful little angel, right? And it's- Wow. Oh, yes. Yes, I absolutely turned in this paper to my English teacher about how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. what about yourself yeah so I was on a magic kick um I you know I went to summer camp uh for years and you know what do you do when it's too hot to go outside and you're stuck in a gym that's also too muggy to be in uh and we're in Missouri so like the average temperature is 115 in the shade with uh, a humidity of 98 percent um so that happened a lot (laughs) And what do you do? You do card tricks. You, um, you play cards and you do card tricks because you can only slap each other's hands so much playing ERS before you need to go to something else. So what I- is, just, What is ERS? Um, it's called Egyptian Rat Screw. <laughs> it's a card game. Oh, okay. Yeah, with very elaborate rules uh, that require slapping each other. 
hands if you want your card deck. Uh, yes, so you can imagine if you do that for three hours straight, you're gonna need to do something else. Um, so I did a how to do this really basic card trick that I had learned um, in like a, a book about you know basic card tricks or something. Um, and it was really interesting for me because I knew how to do the trick, but I'm one of those people who once I know how to do something, I kind of just lay out the basics and don't go into detail. And so I, the first time you know I wrote the steps, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, you need to do this first and this first and this first before you can actually get to what I had originally thought was step two. So I was really happy though, because I, I sat down and the way they, uh, you know, they told us, they're like, okay, you're going to give this to somebody who will be able to follow it step by step. So I gave it to my mom who could not follow it step by step. And then I was like, oh, I'm missing something, obviously. Okay, great. Let's go back to the drawing board and fill some, fill in some of the blanks. So uh, that's kind of, that's what I chose. And then we had to like do a presentation and make flashcards or something to make it look all pretty and like present it to the class. I was in that class where 10 people did choose to use the example of making a PB&J, although sadly none of them had quite the eloquent step-by-step uh, <laughs> -step process that you outlined there. It matters. Well, and for me, the, 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 process, the process was important, but the tools and what you used was more important to me in making a peanut butter. Because I knew that, yes, everybody was going to kind of get stuck on this peanut butter and jelly cake. But there's only so many times that you can read, get the bread out, get the peanut butter out. Right. And it's boring. Knife, right. And it does, it, it gets boring. But when you go into the detail of which peanut butter do you pick, right? Because smooth versus crunchy versus extra crunchy, right? And for anybody listening, the way to eat peanut butter properly is with a spoon. Just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the, you know, the, the, for me, it was the tools that were used and the, what it was. And that's really what I want to talk about today in writing and getting into your marketing and advertising is the tools of the trade to help you make the most effective peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There you go. Yeah. So, okay, Bobby, tell me, what is your number one essential tool for sitting down and writing copy? Um, okay, so there's a lot of essential tools, but you know the number the number one thing is something in which to do the writing yes. on. Whether that is you know if you're old school and want a notepad, that's fine. It's where can you put your ideas? For me, I use Microsoft Word, and I use Microsoft Word because I can do a lot of formatting afterwards. But I don't do a dang thing with formatting when I'm just effectively verbally vomiting onto the page, right? I'm just getting my ideas out, blah, 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 blah. I like Word because I can shift through things about, now I actually use a Mac, so I have to use like the, the Word version of what's on the Mac. I've tried using a text editor and, you know, and th they're- text editors. I, you know, I used to program, I used to do computer programming with text editors and they thought I was nuts because there was much more effective ways to do that. And so I look at a text editor as- doing a really monotonous job of programming. And so I just, I can't use those for writing. I, I, I like the flexibility of Word. There's a lot of other software programs that are out there, but that's for me to do the brain dump and start to formulate my ideas and shift things around. I like to use Word. What about yourself for that? Yeah, I'm, I'm also a Word user uh, for a little bit of a different reason. Uh, it's what I grew up with. I was one of those rare kids in my school who actually had a computer at home. And we had, you know, the early, early versions of Microsoft, but we had Word. And so I've been writing in Word 
since I can remember if I've been writing on a computer, essentially. And because I kind of, I grew up with writing in Word, I've used other word processing uh, options. You know, I've tried Google Docs and I've tried AirStory and there's nothing wrong with them. But I just like the, that knowing when I go in, I'm going to know what it's going to look like. I'm going to know what it's going to feel like. I, I know how to do the shortcuts. And my biggest thing, okay, my favorite part of Word is you can turn on the FK score. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's the Fleisch-Kincaid score. It's a readability score. So I can do my brain dump, do a little editing, and then once I think it's near done, say, okay, do a spelling grammar check. And I don't really care about the spelling or grammar check because when you're, when you're talking about writing conversationally and conversion-focused copy, you're not necessarily going to follow all the rules of grammar because it needs to sound less formal. However, at the end, mm-hmm. they give you a summary. And in that summary, you get an FK score. And it's really powerful to me because it's like, okay, it's a 7.6. It needs to be lower. Or it's a 12. It definitely needs to be lower. Or, oh, great, it is a 6.3. That's awesome. I don't need to do any much more to make this a readable and easy thing to use on the web. So for Mm -hmm. me, it's a matter of it's what I've always used. It still works. You know, there's a bunch of other tools that have something fancy. But I want something I can store locally on my computer that's not, you know, eligible for anyone to go find if they can manage to hack something because that Uh happens a lot. Local on my computer, I've used it forever, and it's got the readability built into it, which I found really useful. How about you? Yeah. Uh, well, so, well, we already talked about me. Oh, I know. But I was just saying, like, <laughs> that, that's the basic, right? We both yeah. like to use Word. Yeah. Uh, no, in, in, for, for, present, for presenting it to clients, I actually do Google Docs. Because, oh, of collaboration, because of the collaboration aspect of it. And I am, I am, I'm, I'm, I may be finding myself transitioning more to writing in Google Docs because I can do it on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like the last time that I was pampering myself in the beauty salon, getting my toes done, which is ticklish is enough. So I had to get my mind off of it. So I do, I, I, um, you know, I pull my phone out and just let, you know, let my brain get out of my body and just start typing. So that's really nice to do too, especially if I've got an idea that I'm just running with for, for somebody. So Google Docs, Google Docs may be winning out for me, but um, it's also great for the collaboration if you're dealing with more than one person. It's a, it's a wonderful tool for that. So when I'm done writing for editing, one of the things that I do that I find ungodly helpful is to print it out and go through the physical copy to edit. I know that's, that's, that's going back to old schools, right? Do you have the physical? And I do, I've got, I've got a red pen, a blue pen and a green pen and just depends on what mode I feel like, but I have to get, it it has to be a different color, obviously than the black ink on the white page. So I don't tend to use blue very often in editing, but you know, a, some type of colored, some type of colored pen that stands out so that when I make changes or I say, oh my God, you know, pull, you know, pull out more information here, scratch this out, get this one. So for editing, I do it on the physical, uh, the physical page because it allows me to roam about it. You know, like I, I will get myself a cup of tea, sit outside in the beautiful Texas weather, as long as it's not ungodly hot. Right. You know, (laughs) and and read from my page. And, and that, you know, I do I go back to kind of like the old high school of make sure that the page is double spaced and, and I make the text nice and big so that I don't sit there and squint trying to read it because I can really manipulate it. 
And, and in doing that in several rounds of edits, you can change a lot of things about it and see it differently. So I can change the the font and print it out. I can change the size and print it out. And it's like you're looking at it for the first time again. So you don't get stuck feeling like you're reading the same thing over and over and over and over again. And you miss things when you, when you're in that mode. So for editing, what do you use? Yeah. So uh, I know I've heard from lots of people that editing is a thing that you need to print out and do. Um, I don't. (laughs) It's not Uh, a need. It's not a need. It is a method. It's not a need. It is a method. Uh, my version of editing, honestly, the most important part of editing for me is to walk away. So once you write something, I leave it sit for a day or two. And that's something that's built into a timeline for a project because you're, when you walk away from it for two days and then you come back, or even if you walk away from it for a day and you come back, it's like seeing it again for the first time. Um, and one thing I really like doing is also, uh, I will put it in my theme on my website has the ability to preview pages on desktop, uh, tablet, and mobile. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing I'll do is I will go put it in preview mode so I can see, okay, if somebody comes to this, you know, it looks fine on your desktop screen. Most things do look fine on your desktop screen, but then you know, when you get 68% of your traffic from mobile, you really have to make sure that it's going to be easy to yeah. read there too. So I like putting it in there, just kind of, you know, and then looking at the visual flow. Does it work well? Is there a place where I can add some more spacing just to make it uh, work better? Um, so yeah, no, I just do general editing and yeah, uh, walking so, away. That's my, yeah. Those are my tools. Walking away is huge. And in fact, I don't, I don't ever write and put it in and edit in the same day. I do, I I have to, I have to take, and actually I won't do multiple edits in the same day. I'll do one edit and then walk away or do one edit, fix it, adjust the changes. And then I have, I have to walk away from it, whether it's a day or not, or it's a half day, you know, or I go take the dog for a walk or whatever it is. I have to walk away from it Mm -hmm. before I come back to doing, to doing some editing. And a lot of that just depends on what version of edit is it? And you know, how far into the time, you know, where is my timeline crunch starting to go for getting final, final stuff out and everything like that. Exactly. Yeah. So once you're, once you've, once you've done that type of editing, you know, and you think it's really good, is there anything else that that, that you do? Do you do anything else? What other tools of the trade do you, do you use? Yes. So one of the things that my clients really enjoy is that I present the copy to them. Uh, So once I have it finished, I then set up a call to walk through whatever project it is. And the way we're walking through it is also I have put it in a wireframe so that Mm -hmm. not only can they see the words and the content and make sure that it's something they're wanting and, you know, it matches what they're expecting, but also they can see what it will look like on the page, especially if I'm writing something like web copy. You know, I surprised the client because they were like, we didn't know that was going to be included. This is great. It's so easy for our designer now to put this in because you can make notes in the copy about the layout and everything, but it's, it's so much more powerful when you can see it kind of in something that looks like a website. And even if it's not exact, like this is not the exact way they're going to lay it out, it still kind of gives you an idea of how easy is it to read. So uh, for that, I have discovered an amazing cool tool called Draftium. And oh. uh, it's really easy to use. I like it because it's got a lot of pre-made blocks, if you will. So you're like, okay, yeah. I'm looking for something that's the about page. They'll give you seven versions of an about page. You know, I'm looking for something that's features and benefits. And that's usually when you go to a website and you know, they've got the three in a row or they've got 
we do this, we do this, we do this staggered. Um, they uh-huh. have that block built in and it's really easy to edit. And it kind of, it really helps also during the writing process. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking this isn't working as well. And I put it into draft gym and I say, oh, okay, now I see exactly where I need to change it. Yeah. Make it more powerful. Yeah, I've I've used um oh, what was the program that I used? I don't even remember. I use, I used something. I I yeah, I did. I used balsamic and and I wasn't as impressed with it. So I kind of did the I did the trial for a little bit and and tried that and it, it I wasn't as impressed with it. So Draftium is one I've heard about that now several times from several different people. So I'm going to have to kind of play around with that one and see. But it is it does make a difference because it's something that you're seeing whether it's on a notepad or it's, you know, Google Docs or Microsoft Word or even in a text, it looks different when you do put it in whatever format it's going to be. So if it's going to be right. a, a landing page, you know, a landing page on mobile, yeah. right? You need to, you know, the, the words, while, are, while important and actually very important to what you're doing, is only one aspect of the final display of, of copy. Cause even in print, it matters, right? It matters the way that they look and how they're stressed and everything like that. And so it does, it does make a difference to, to do your edit in, you know, or a final, whether it's an edit or even a final uh, presentation mm-hmm. in the way that the copy is actually going to look on in, in whatever it is, even if, it, and it doesn't have to be the, you know, you don't have to know HTML or any of those web no, languages no coding in, required. Order to, in order to do that and to get the quotes, but to get, you know, it, because exactly, there's there's a lot of these different programs out there that says, you know, maybe this would look better over here, or, ooh, I have too many words in my headline, and all that type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, extraneous tools you can use as well to, you know, when you were saying, you know, oh, is my headline too long? Is it going to work with, you know, the meta description? Is it going, I mean, those are all different types of tools you can use, A-B testing. But if you're talking about strictly, you know, creating the copy, writing the copy, giving it uh, its final touch and saying, okay, client, here it is, and making sure they understand um, exactly how it's going to flow, those are, those are my big tools, I think, you know. And oh, I, oh, use, I forgot a tool that I use. What do you use? T. T. Something, something to drink. Usually it's drink. Uh, I try really hard not to snack. But it's important, and that is an important tool to make sure that you are in your zone of wherever. And for me, I mean, oh, that's, that's, you know, so, so making sure that you are comfortable, you've got this ability to kind of sit down. Now, whether you do that in a desk, or you do it outside, or you do it in a coffee house, or you do it hanging from the ceiling, I don't care. Whatever makes you comfortable so that you can sit, you know, when you sit down and you write and you get, you, you can let the ideas flow and get your words in order because that makes a big difference. So there's that one. And then one other other tool, so to speak, that I use is to make sure that I'm in the right frame of mind to write for the product. And different products require a different frame of mind. Do I want to be happy and excited about the product? Do I want to kind of act as if I'm, you know, in, in a bad spot so that I can pull that emotion out. It just depends on which aspect I'm writing about, but it makes a big difference to be in the right frame of mind, which while it's not a tool tool, it is an intangible tool that makes a massive difference in how your writing comes across and, and, and the emotion that goes into it. Yeah, and uh, one other tool that I use to kind of get into the right frame of mind, to get into that focus state is uh, Focus at Will. It's, uh, it's a music 
uh, background music, if you will, but it's like made to go with your brainwaves to uh, promote productivity. And I will say it makes a huge difference. And the reason I like it so much is because it's got a, a whole selection of music that you can choose as your background information. I pretty much only use the coffee shop <laughs> because it, it's nice background noise to kind of get you in the focus of, okay, now it's time to sit down, write, focus on just this. Because that's the other thing is that a lot of people I talk with, they'll do a lot of task switching. Oh, I started writing this, but then I remembered I needed to do this and I remembered I needed to do this. And it's like, no, for me, I want to spend a solid focused session writing everything down because that's just the best way to get all of your great ideas, to get all of your research into a method that kind of gathers all of the information. Yeah. I I use binaural beats for that. So it's just a different type of uh, product to use, but same type of thing, right? So yeah, wavelengths and everything like that. I, I cannot, when I am writing or doing anything with words, I cannot use anything in the background that has words or I start writing the words that I'm hearing in the background. And so that, I mean, you know, so you live and learn, that doesn't work for me. Um, the last time I had song lyrics in a, uh, you know, an email that I sent out, I went and I'm like, what is going on here? I was just <laughs> paying, I'm like, oh dear. So yeah, I can't, I can't do that. But um, yeah, so I, I use binaural beats for that. Awesome. So that's a, a brief collection of the, the tools of the trade that Bobby and I use to get the best copy out there uh, for our clients. And uh, we will provide links uh, in the show notes to all of Absolutely. those tools uh, if you're interested in using them for yourself. Uh, but, you know, in general, tools of the trade, you know, there's all, so many other things that we could talk about, like gathering research, gathering information, how to make it all look pretty. But essentially, what's really important is that you have a writing method that you will use and that's easy for you to use, a process for getting it all down on paper and a process for getting it edited because uh, the best and powerful stuff might come in your rewrite, not in your initial uh, information dump. Anything else to add, Bobby? No, other than, man, we can do a whole new episode on what that first draft looks like to what that final product looks like. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. The, the tools... Yeah, the, the, the tools of the trade do make do make a massive difference. And none of none of them are ungodly expensive. And you know, most of them you already have in your house and can use because it's all about, I mean, just putting yourself in that frame of mind to get what you need out of your head and onto paper and just get started. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Chatting with Copywriters and going over the tools of the trade for creating great copy with us. Check out our past episodes and visit us at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you have a topic or would like to appear on our show, please get in touch with us by filling out the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe either at chattingwithcopywriters.com or on your favorite podcast service such as iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave us a review.